What's up, guys? I'm Cora. And I'm Sharon. And this is Learning on the Job, a podcast for moms. Join us as we talk about our highs and lows and everything in between on this journey of motherhood. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the podcast. Yeah, we have a pretty chill but fun and interesting topic for y'all today. Yeah. But first, how are how are you doing, Cora? I'm I'm doing okay. Um, just uh, I'm having a rough week. Got some stuff going on. Um, but other than that, just working. Um, work's going good, I guess. And I'll be having some time off of work come up, so that'll be nice. Um, yeah. What about you, Sharon? I'm good. I just got back in from Houston yesterday from the funeral. But it was good. Uh, we got to see some family. Um, since I was down, I visited with some friends. And it was fun. Um, it's been pretty pretty chill other than the events going on. But nothing to really complain about at the moment. So I am excited because... Um, I bought some stuff for Ginny off Amazon. We're going home later this month to see some of Jake's family and uh, go to like some birthday parties. And we're going to take her to the pool for the first time. So I got her like one of the little floaties with the canopy covering for her. We got Claire something like that too because, you know, we're supposed to go on this trip. And um, I I don't know what yours looks like, but mine's, I think, I want to say shaped like a duck. (laughs) I'll to find it. Um, I'll send you a picture of what ours is, but um, or I can just show you off Amazon. Yeah, we can show each other. But it's I wanted to get the unicorn, but I didn't want a blow up. I wanted one that would be fairly easy to carry around and maneuver. So I just got it's like a regular pool float or so whatever. I have a feeling that you got the one I almost got, and I and I did get a blow-up. So, yes, that was the one I almost got. But here was the only reason I didn't get that one. Because that shade thing, mm-hmm. I the you know the portable jumper that I have? It has a very similar shade thing, and, it's, and you're supposed to, like, twist it. I never can twist them right. <laughs> like, I can't figure out how to make it smaller, which is yeah. dumb on my part, sure. But, like... It makes it so hard to, like, transport that I don't take the shade part with me many places. Yeah. So I didn't want I didn't want to have to deal with that in the car. So we got this one that is completely blow. It comes with a little pump, so hopefully that will help. Yeah. And, and it comes with a bag just so that it could also be compact and, like, go in one place. So we almost got – I almost picked one out that looks a lot like that, but it was the unicorn. Yes, obviously. I saw I, – yeah, I saw those. And we will link uh, both of these floaties on um, our Instagram just so that if you're looking for water items for your little ones, you can see what we are talking about and what was working for us. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to get into today's topic. Um, and like Sharon said, it's kind of a casual fun one. Um, so if you don't know it, Sharon and I are both very much into popular culture and becoming moms um we now have characters maybe that we've known for a long time that we can relate to on a whole new level so today's topic is about fictional moms um ones that we admire and ones that we don't yeah so i'm excited yes um 
Looking through the list, I definitely noticed that, uh, surprise, surprise, you've got quite a few Harry Potter ones. Yes. Um, so. And I noticed that we, have, that we have one of the same for the moms that we admire, so I figured we could do that one last. Yes, because I think she's the best, so yeah. we'll save the best for last. But, <laughs> why don't, you know, um, obviously I, I know some of these, or I know them, but why don't you tell me, like, more in detail, like, what you like about some of these moms from Harry Potter. So, first I have Lily Potter, and, um, spoilers if you've never read or seen the Harry Potter movies, uh, but I just think, so we don't get to know too much about Lily in the series, but without her, we wouldn't have a series. She literally gave her life for her child. Yeah, it's like her, the mother's love is yeah. what this whole series you know, came to be about. Literally. And, like, she comes back in a few different forms, like, um, to Harry to help him out throughout the series. And, yeah, she, like, her sacrifice and her love is what protected him uh, at the beginning and protects him throughout the whole thing. So... Well, and honestly, I mean, not so much about, like, her as a mother, but just, like, who she is as a person is, like, an interesting dynamic in Harry's life because who she was as a person caused Snape to fall, like, madly in love with her um, and dedicate, basically, his entire life to her legacy, and that included protecting Harry for all those years. So, I mean, I just think that's kind of, you know, an interesting thing. Yeah, and I just, I hope... I hope I'm never in that situation, but I hope that if I ever am, I can be brave enough and everything to do whatever I have to do to protect Ginny and right. put like her life above mine. And I feel like I would. I just again, I hope I'm never in that situation. Yeah, of course, but definitely like I would take a bullet for Claire if I had to. I mean, yeah, I don't really know if I'll have like a killing curse thrust upon me, but <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, and then the other one, I feel like you can't talk about fictional moms in general without Molly Weasley. She yes. is literally the best, and uh. she she took Harry in. Like, she has all these children of her own and took Harry in, and she has her own faults, of course, but just the fact that she took him in was a like was able to give him a little bit of a mother's love and like he is he mentioned that throughout the books and she knit him a sweater and sent it to him every year for Christmas like I just she's definitely got that maternal instinct like you know she just she sees someone and she wants to care for them yes and I mean yeah he's like he's the chosen one he's Harry Potter and so like that definitely is a fault of hers essentially a little bit and it's talked about in the series that uh she like she's kind of drawn to him because of that fame but she never takes it I feel like she never really takes advantage of him in ways that other people would like sure, she sure. she went to Diagon Alley to buy his school stuff one time with all of her kids stuff and she didn't take his money like he uh she doesn't let him try to spend a bunch of his money on them she just she says this is yours she she just kind of helps guide him and just takes care of him and I feel like there's plenty of opportunity that she could have been 
a, a bad person in that situation with how wealthy and how famous Harry is, but she's not. Her, her main goal is to take care of her children, and she considers him a child uh, of hers. And so I just, I freaking love Molly. Well, and I mean, then she, he became her son-in-law, so, you know, yeah, kind of worked out. And then, I mean, <laughs> of course, we can't talk about how badass of a mom Molly is without mentioning the fact that she stood in front of Ginny at the very end and killed Bellatrix for it and was like, not my daughter, daughter you bitch. bitch. Yeah, I was, I was going to start it off by saying that also, like, but I was like, well, let's let's build into that. Yeah. Because like, that's, like, obviously the most iconic Molly Weasley line. Of course. And I just, I, I love the actress. I love the character. I Molly's great. I feel like she's... She's probably one of the best fictional moms out there. Right. Man, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> I it's so weird because obviously, you know, being around you and your family, I hear the name Jenny so much more often now. <laughs> so, like, to hear you tell that story and you're like, and Molly's standing in front of Jenny, and I'm just imagining a little baby Jenny, like, <laughs> and not, like, Jenny Weasley. I would uh, definitely stand in front of my Jenny and... Like, say not my say not my daughter. Yeah, so in case, in case you guys are wondering, Sharon's goal in life is to be Molly Weasley and she is succeeding at it flawlessly. So Yeah, I don't know if I want to have that many kids. Yeah. But I don't know if I want you to have that many kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I I just I can only hope to strive to be as awesome and amazing as Molly. As the whole Weasley family, honestly. I mean, she you can tell that she's a good mom also because she raised some damn good kids. I mean, yeah. just... She puts up with Fred and George. I mean, God love her. I know, I know. So what about uh, someone on your list? Um, well, um, on somebody that is on my list, well, would be... Let's see, who should I start with? Uh, well... One that's, I think, a little more, like, widely known and um, easily accessible is Mrs. Gump from Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, we don't learn her name, but she's definitely a very pivotal part of that story. I love that, you know, even from a very young age, she obviously was always Forrest's number one supporter. Um, she never believed that he couldn't do anything that his, you know, he wanted to, if he set his mind to it, regardless of his setbacks in life. She didn't look at him as different or treat him as different. She just treated him with love and respect and kindness. She never uh, let anyone call him stupid. Yeah, she didn't let anyone call him stupid. She was protective of her son um, and always explained things to him in a way that was translatable and was like would make sense to him and of course um you know one of their last conversations and probably one of you know the most famous you know lines in a movie is you know life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get i'm getting goosebumps i know and it's like it's funny because obviously like i was a young child when this movie came out and i've watched it so many times in my life but yeah, you just, you never, you never go through the same river twice, and so you watch this movie, and you can relate to it in different ways throughout your upbringing. I remember going through my, like, 20s, and not relating to Jenny, but, like, understanding kind of, you know, what she went through, because you kind of look at it um, as somebody that's, like, 
seeing the world a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, go, you see that you understand her character a little bit more, and Forrest's character obviously is like, but now obviously as a mom and just somebody that's grown, so like really hearing that about just like how you you don't know what you're gonna get, but you you can enjoy it. There's gonna be parts of it that are gonna be sweet. There's gonna be parts of it that are gonna be bitter, um, and you can just take each piece for what it is um is this beautiful story um i agree i think she's a good one yeah definitely um on a lighter note um so uh chris and i we love that 70s show (laughs) and i love kitty foreman honestly she's great she's great comic relief i mean she deals with red and eric so i think oh i know um and (laughs) She was always, um, you know, like a second mother to Donna. Um, I mean, she let the whole gang just hang out and do whatever they were doing (laughs) in their basement. Uh, We all know. But, um, and then obviously, you know, took and hide and just, you know, a grade A woman. Um, I loved her. Yeah, I think she's great. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's one more that I had on my list. You do. I do. So another show that I love that actually just recently ended was This Is Us. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners have. It's it's such a beautiful and compelling show. Um, every episode leaves you in your feels in some shape or form. Some are good and fuzzies. Uh, most of them make you want to cry. Um, and let me tell you, this whole last season really made me want to cry uh, all the time. I actually haven't even watched the last two episodes. I know how they go, but they're just so emotional that I can't get through them. Um, but one, Mandy Moore's character, Rebecca Pearson, in this show is just wonderful. Um, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen the show, but she is... Um, or what you find out like I guess early in the show it kind of takes place through many many decades basically of this family's life starting um I mean it goes all the way back to Mandy Moore her character's childhood but uh, and her husband who's uh played by um Milo Venomagella from Gilmore Girls uh so um it's just great casting first of all but Rebecca is this mother. She's a mother of triplets. Uh, actually, what you find out in the first episode is she um, gives birth to three babies, but one of them doesn't make it. And in that same day, in that same hospital, um, a baby is like, or a baby's given to a fire station. And so they take that baby home because they intended on leaving with three babies and they just oh adopt gosh. it. And, um, She's just a really wonderful mom. She's always, she obviously had to face a lot of adversity growing up and learn um, how to not only be a mother to all three of these children, but do so in a way that was going to be beneficial to each of them. Um, And it's really wonderful. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. Like, I've, I've wanted to watch it. I just hadn't gotten around to it yet, but... Well, um, now... I kind of gave a like a I would say foreshadowing to who our last mom is that Sharon and I both uh, love and it comes from one of our favorite shows Um, and she's the mom that we all relate to I think the most yes 
That's Lorelai Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. Yes. Um, I love her. Yes. I actually, I am wrapping up my yearly rewatch of the show right now. I'm actually watching A Year in the Life. So I've already finished the series and I'm watching the, the reboot um, little special, which is always kind of like, not the same, but the same, you know? Yeah. Um... And this is the first time that I've rewatched it, like since being a mom. I actually, last time I watched it was last summer while I was pregnant, and I finished it like a couple of days before I had Claire. Uh, so now I've been in it a little bit more, and there's some some lines that get to me even more now so than they ever did before. Um, I know there's this one episode where you know they're. Uh, Rory's doing like a uh, what's she doing? She's doing Lane's baby shower. Oh yeah. And she's talking about how she's never thrown a baby shower before, and uh, she's you know worried that it's not going to go well because she threw Lane's bachelorette party and it it, it was kind of lame. And Lorelai tells her, you know, it's like well, that was like your first pancake, you know, you like, your <laughs> first pancake doesn't turn out well, and. Um, series of other things happens in the episode yada yada but there's a moment where she's just feeling so like proud of her daughter and so like um just proud of the woman she's become this is in the last season of the show and she she just says um to her at one point and it's just the one of the cutest things she just think she says i just think my first pancake turned out pretty darn good yeah and i hear that and i just every time i think of it i look look down at my little claire and i'm like i think my first pancake turned out pretty darn good too me too jeez uh, over here just smiling i know <laughs> mine's taking a little nappy um she actually is cutting two teeth right now she's got her top two uh busting through i mm. i felt them for the first time last night and it took me like two hours to get her to bed last night so I feel that. Let the, let the child sleep. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I... So, I grew up watching Gilmore Girls. I didn't know the full show, just because as I was growing up, my mom was watching it. So, I would watch it with her sometimes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, um, I watched it with my mom, and then in college, one of my best friends, like, one of my roommates, she and I watched the whole series in college, and... We watched it before A Year in the Life came out, so oh, yeah. we got to kind of experience that together, and I got to experience that with my mom, since I knew all the stuff now. And then you could be excited about it yeah, with her as, so, like, somebody older. Yeah, we got to share that, and we, once I went off to college, and, like, my mom and I started becoming best friends, uh, and then especially after I watched Gilmore Girls, uh, I we kind of, like, talked about how, like, I really relate to Rory and my mom is, like, Lorelai, and it, it just, like, the cherry on top is that my grandma is Emily because, like, there there's just certain things that Emily does in the show that I'm just sitting here cringing. Because you're because just, like, that's like, my grandma? Yes. I'm, like, we've had this exact conversation or we've had this exact type of scenario play out in real life in my family, and um so like now it's kind of a joke that I told my mom I was like well now you're gonna be Emily because I'm Lorelai and Ginny's gonna be Rory right and so it's just I love the show because it's it's a show that you don't really see anymore nowadays like shows like that where it's 
literally the entire thing is just a mother and daughter. It's just family. And oh, honestly, like when we were coming up with this topic, I was I had I was like, there's got to be other like shows like Gilmore Girls. Like, what other shows do I really like that have like a strong motherly lead character? And not only could I not find one, but if I did find one, they were all like villains. So yeah, like, it, this is a, a such a unique show. I, it is, and like I I spent and before a year in the life came out, I was watching a bunch of like uh, interviews that. They, that the um, cast did, and they were even talking about it, how, like, while I was in college, it got a new life. Like, more people mm-hmm. were starting to find it and watch it, and, like, it was on Netflix, and it was really big. And yeah. So I feel like it's something... It's one of those shows that I think will be around for a long time because everyone can relate to it. I agree. I don't know if if a new show would do as well. Like, if there was going to be another show kind of like this, I don't it know if just, it would do as well. It would have to be its own thing. You can't, like, replicate... Gilmore Girls because it was not it the mother-daughter part of it is a huge part of it but it's also the format the way the writing was especially in the earlier seasons the you know the quick witty banter between and like the story itself like it's it's a really like I don't know captivating story like this woman she had my hair got caught on her oh no uh you know this woman she had a baby at 16 she comes from this very prominent wealthy family um so that's like a taboo thing within itself she decides to go out on her own she raises this child and she is the exact opposite of everything that like her upbringing told her to be so you know she doesn't believe to be in being prim and proper she's a little more rock and roll she marches to the beat of her own drummer uh, likes to party a little bit obviously it got her into trouble but then the second that she has the baby she matures I mean she's still gonna be her authentic self and still like the things that she likes and not just you know only like the things that are proper yeah. um, but that's how she raises Rory and that's what I love about it I watch it um, you see Rory and her mom have this wonderful relationship and you watch it and you think to yourself, oh, I want so much, nothing more than to have that kind of relationship. And so, like, from watching it and, like, all the seasons, like, the takeaways that I've, like, learned from it is always try and um, have an open, honest relationship with your child. Um, come from a place of understanding. Um, try and make life fun. I love the way Lorelai was always, you know, they talk about... Rory's childhood they talk about all the themed birthday parties that they would do Uh every year um you know later in the series she tries to recreate some of these for her boyfriend Logan and I that's one of my favorite episodes because there's like the space uh birthday and you know she's like oh my mom she'd always decorate the house like this and she'd make a fun activity out of it and it's just she made so many fun memories for Rory all the while encouraging her to be whatever she wanted to be to read books to absorb all sorts of popular culture um and they you know they grew so many bonds because of that i just all of that i love it it's like the to somewhat like map that i want to use for the relationship that i want to build with my daughter even though there's a 15 year age gap between (laughs) me and claire than there is between lorelei and rory i think that also obviously helps because she raised 
Rory in her like entirety of her 20s um but still yeah hoping for that relationship well and I mean they do have their faults like they there was a whole like half a season whole season where they like half a season where they weren't even talking and And you see that a lot too you see like because of the close relationship that like when Rory gets into it yeah like every there then you I think you see it about once every season where something happens and they do get into a little spat but um the whole thing with like college and stuff that I mean like, from the first episode she wanted yeah. to stay at um high school her high school because of Dean yeah and then I mean we have the whole thing of whenever she loses her virginity and then um the whole thing with um like, there, there's a big uh, argument about Logan at one point, and that's, like, towards the end. But there's just a bunch of stuff. But by the end, I really I really like how Lorelai tries to raise Rory where she makes her own decisions. Like, even at the end. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But, I mean, at the end, Rory has a huge decision to make. She doesn't know what she wants to do whenever she's graduating college. And Lorelai's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to give you any advice. I'm not going to say anything. This is this is your decision. The, yeah, I like, I'll sit here and I'll help you weigh the pros and cons. But I'm not going to say what I would do. I'm not going to say anything at all. Well, and the best part, I think, what um, is great about Lorelai's character, um, just as a person and definitely as a mom and knowing that, like, Rory is, her relationship with Rory is the most important to her is that um you know even christopher rory's dad um asks lorelei when they're talking about this towards the end or at least about one of the big decisions and he's he's like oh but you're leaning more towards this right And she's like i'm not leaning in any direction i'm i really am doing like what rory wants because because it's not just enough to, you know, say it to Rory, um, but to maintain that with everyone in Rory's life to help, you know, ever, build. She's always been the one to set those boundaries for Rory. She didn't j- just, you know, make Rory feel like she obligated to listen to other people. She was always like, no, you're going to let Rory do what Rory wants, even when that wasn't necessarily what everyone in the room agreed with. Pretty much the only time she didn't do that was when Rory was considering dropping out of college. Um, for well, because some... Lorelai worked so hard and sacrificed so many things. Like, I can completely understand that. Well, and, I mean, that all aside, I think the reason that, that Lorelai felt at that point to intervene was because she felt like Rory was making a rash decision based on something else that she had... Something else Rory had experienced and... Lorelai just wanted to make sure that Rory wasn't being making an emotional decision that was going to affect, um, you know, the outcome of her life. Lorelai knows how what that can do. She yeah, knows like how that how, how, that how goes. The decisions can have consequences. Now, honestly, luckily, it all turned out great for Rory. I never really understood exactly how Rory was able to like take a semester off of college and still graduate on time that's one of the big like plot holes that a lot of people in the fandom think talk about and they did address it 
slightly where she for her to graduate on time she had to take like a big load of classes yeah but like but you can only she... take so many a semester she never took summer like summer classes ever i yeah. like that was the other re- unrealistic thing to me was like oh she's like in in the beginning before she gets to college she's all talking about all these internships and things she has to do during the summer which makes total sense then she gets to college and she's all like going off to europe in the summer or you know whatever and i'm just well, like she yeah. could have also they never address it or say anything but she could have had credits transfer over because i mean you and i both went to college so like we know that you can take credits in high school that is true and have them come in and, and the, the high school that she did go yeah. to i wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those like college preparedness oh 100 i mean i went to a college preparatory preparatory school that was like in the public school system and they not I basically required us to take AP tests in the sense that like they paid for them so it wasn't even like something we had to pay for so I yeah. bet you anything that her tuition already included the AP test so you yeah. are right she probably especially being the valedictorian of her class she probably did go into college with quite a few credits like all of her basics and stuff could have already been taken care of so if you think about it like that it is a little more feasible but yes it's still something that a lot of people are like that's not realistic like it's it's not something that people really do if you take time off of college you you usually still like you're going I to took, stay some time and make it up i took a semester off of college and i um i actually never knew that yeah it was actually that's the reason that we ever went to college together it was because i took a semester off of college i did do an internship during that time um but that didn't obviously take up like the majority of my time at all that only gave me like you know three hours worth of a credit um but because of doing that um the spring capstone class for the communications major was only offered in the spring yeah so i had to stay a full another year because I couldn't do capstone. I think all the capstones are done in the spring because I know that's how business, they how do, my business degree was. Well, too. they do offer some um, like capstone courses that you can do in the fall, or like more so you can do like a By in, yeah, like independent study type of thing. But that just wasn't an option for me. Yeah, um, my capstone it was a group. Like I, I, there was no way I could do it by myself. Yeah, because you had a business um, capstone, so you, it was mm-hmm. like a team effort type of thing. Um, and I, yeah, because, and with ours, it's like we presented at the symposium mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, anyways, um, but yeah, uh, all that to be said, uh, we love Lorelai. Uh, My this favorite, c- sorry, not no. to cut you off. No, that's fine. My favorite line, and this, I think this is one of my mom's favorite too, because we've talked about it together, but at Roy's college graduation, um, they're all sitting there, they're all talking and kind of bickering and everything, and Rory's about to walk the stage to graduate, and her dad, Richard, says, finally, he, like, takes the camera and says, I'll take the pictures, you just enjoy this moment, because it's for you just as much as it is for Rory, and my mom and I just feel that so much, because my mom, she has, like, she had, like, five associate degrees, she didn't graduate with her bachelor's degree until the same year I graduated with my master's. So, like, I'm getting emotional as I'm talking about it. But, like, that was something really big with my mom and I because she went back to school, and I technically graduated before she did because I finished my bachelor's a year before she finished hers. Mm -hmm. And then we actually got to take, 
I've seen your pictures that my mom and I took together Aww. because we graduated the same year. Her with her bachelor's and mine with my master's. That's cute. So, like, that moment really hit us hard with all of that. Um, and, so, like, I can only hope that, like, Ginny, I mean, I hope she goes to college, but I also hope that, like, whatever she wants to do, she's able to do it. Whether that means that she needs to go to college or not. But I don't. I don't want to force anything on her, like, if she's not meant to go to college or anything. Oh, same. Chris and I feel that way completely. I just, I want her to be able to do things like, like, Rory did. I want her to be able to experience things that she wants to do. Rory wanted to go to Yale. Rory was able to. Um, whatever Jenny wants to do, I want to be able to make that happen for her. Right. And just experience it with her. Or just whatever she decides that she's going to do. Just know that you're always going to be there supporting her and being yeah. her number one fan, her number one supporter, like, whatever that is. And, like, one of the differences is you and I are both thankful that we have our husbands in our lives. Lorelai did it all by herself, and I think that just makes her even more badass and amazing. Because yeah. she she didn't have a man to help her with all this. Like, she did everything by herself for Rory and she eventually got the help from her parents and like that came with strings but she still did like everything for Rory when she only asked for help from her parents for like something that was a luxury that was just out of her um means like that um, she couldn't get financial aid yeah it's like and and to be and and the, and the thing is is really even with a husband she might not have been able to provide for Rory in that way because Chilton obviously is a school for very wealthy privileged people as we see Um, I mean obviously all the kids that go there are extremely smart too but of course they've had the privileges um, to have like private tutors and everything their entire lives so of course they're going to be extremely smart they're much more uh, resource but um, you know so Lorelai went to her parents because it was something that, you know, she really felt like could benefit Rory's life, that she just, it wasn't something that she could provide her. But everything that she could do, you know, she went, she got a job at 17, and she worked her way up um, as a maid. Uh, she became a manager eventually and managed the entire property until the point where she went and started her own um, business venture and opened up her own um in and so she's just an really an inspirational person in general just because who you know who says you can there's anything stopping you from doing anything just because you have a kid just because you don't have support just you know she just figured out a way she never took no for an answer so that's what i love about her so Switching gears from Lorelai because we can t- we can spend a yeah, whole. No, this is not a podcast. Gilmore Girls podcast. We'll have to start that one later, I guess. Yeah, we could spend a whole entire episode on that. Um, let's talk about the fictional moms that we do not admire, ones sure. that we do not want to be like. And uh, I have a few, so why don't you go first since you only have one on your list? Okay. Well, I technically, I didn't write the other one, but I'll go into this one first. First of all, the one mom that I personally am like, no, not going to take parenting advice from you, comes from another old favorite show of mine, which is Gossip Girl. And I'm sorry, but Lily Vanderwood's in. I'm probably not going to take motherly advice from you. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
you know, the multiple men that you bring in and out of your child's life without any regard for their mental well-being, the fact that you told your friends that your son uh, just went to go visit his aunt in Miami whenever he had a mental breakdown and tried to kill himself. Oh, no. The fact that you were, um, for a little while there, willing to help Art, you know, hide uh, fraud and embezzlement and all that. Not, like, she... She turned into her mom. She didn't... And, like, I love the flashback episode. I was gonna say that. It was, like... I just... I love that episode, and I wish they would have done, like, their original thought of making... The so, spin-off. Yeah, because that's the whole reason this flashback episode exists. I actually didn't learn that until recently. But I think that, I learned it from you. Maybe you did, yeah. but that, yeah, uh, was that they um, made that episode, they put that episode in there because it was kind of like, that was going to be like, not the pilot, but kind of like the, they get the feelers to make it into a series. Very similarly to one of the last episodes of season three of Gilmore Girls, whenever Jess goes to visit his dad. Yeah. Because that was going to be Windward Circle. Never became Windward Circle, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Another show that I maybe would have liked to watch. Um, but that's the Lily Vanderwoods that I'm interested in knowing. I want to know why she seemed cool there, hanging out with Kristen Ritter. Yeah. And then they all became trash later on. Yeah, like she, she was wild, just like Serena and everything. And... She just, eventually we find out that she goes back with her mom. She just conforms to the society life that her mom wanted for her. And in the flashback episode, we find that she didn't want that. She didn't want to live in that high society life and everything. She wanted to kind of go off and be more adventurous. But I just, I don't like how she is now forcing that upon her children the way that her mom did and she didn't like it when she was young and now she's doing the same to them yeah and she's so judgmental she goes behind their back constantly um and judgmental for like serena like wanting to be with dan when she like literally wanted to or and was with his dad yeah just i don't know not my cup of tea as a mom but yeah she definitely on my list of I didn't put her on mine since you had her but I was just like yeah I can completely agree and then my honorable mention would be almost all of the moms on Pretty Little Liars oh yeah um I will exclude Ashley Marin from that and Ella Fitzgerald Ella Fitzgerald (laughs) (laughs) I just combined uh, Ella Montgomery and uh, Professor Fitz, um, and Ezra Fitz, because um, his last name is actually Fitzgerald. Anyways, uh, Ella and Ashley, y'all are cool. Y'all were real. Y'all just were blind to what was going on around you. You were focused on the wrong things. Yeah. The others, trash. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what about you? So, I have three. Uh, first, I'll start with my uh, Harry Potter reference. And that's Petunia Dursley, um, Harry's aunt. And I will say that Petunia is arguably a good mother to Dudley, who is her son. Um, I'm not gonna I say guess. that she's. I'm not gonna say that she's a great mom, but like, she. He's an only child. That's her only baby. She praises him. Does things like yeah. There's some bad stuff, but she. I wouldn't say she doesn't treat him like she does Harry. 
So I'd say, like, she's arguably a decent, fair mother to her own son. She takes care of him, whatever, sends him to the good schools that they want him to go to. But, um... I mean, I personally would argue that she gives him too much and that she is a toxic person that is also directly responsible for Dudley becoming a toxic person. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that just giving your children the bare necessities of life necessarily qualifies you as a good mother. I think it just qualifies you as a human being. Yeah, and I'm... I mean, I don't strive to be like her. No, I just, obviously. Uh... I, I would just kind of say, like, she's not terrible to Dudley. Like, she... She thinks she's... She means well she, towards she, Dudley. She means well towards Dudley. And so so that's... She's not a good mother, but she, she tries for her own son. Yes. She has toxic traits. She has... She does more. try for her own son. Yes. Um, so I don't want to be like her in the sense that she takes Harry in, her nephew, her own flesh and blood, and she just... Yeah, she sticks him in a broom closet under the stairs. Um, She, I will say she eventually comes around a little bit in the sense that she understands the whole thing of like why Harry has to live with her. She, she knows about the wizarding world. She knows what Dumbledore has said about the protection Lily put on Harry. She knows that she's the tie and there's even one point, um, we don't really understand it in the book at the time but like whenever Harry is being threatened of getting expelled and stuff um Dumbledore says Petunia like uh or Vernon's trying to kick Harry out and uh, Dumbledore tells Petunia like you can't you have to remember the overall thing and so she she stands up and says no he can't leave so there are moments whenever she thinks of her sister and like because she loved her sister she loved Lily but yeah. well, she once she got with once she found out that Lily was a a wizard and she couldn't go, Petunia could not go to Hogwarts and stuff. That's I think whenever Petunia herself just became a very toxic person, and then Vernon, her husband, just made it even worse. I agree, and I also think she just resents the magic world in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it took her family from her, yeah, and she doesn't really look at Harry as family anymore she looks at him as like a reminder of the fact that she doesn't have her sister anymore but she does have to deal with this headache of a magical world that already caused her so much grief um so she just resents Harry because of it and I think part of the reason why she doesn't want Harry to go into the magical world is he is the last thing that she has of her sister and of her family and while she doesn't act like she loves Harry I think in general like she wants she doesn't want to lose him as well to the magical world but at the same time he's a burden to her that's how she treats him i agree he's a burden and so i don't want to be like her in the sense that like i do have nieces and nephews my mom has taken three of them in and my mom is raising them um so if i ever had to take them in i don't want to be like her i understand i i want to take them in and raise them as my own um I, with how old they are, they know I'm not their mom. They know mm-hmm. I'm their aunt. But if I ever had to take them in, like, I, I would not favor Ginny over them. And just kind of leads me into my next one, which is Lady Tremaine. And if you don't know, that's the stepmother from Cinderella. I didn't know that was her name. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, 
I don't know how I knew, but um, she she kind of does the same thing. She uh, she takes Cinderella in because uh, she's her stepchild. Uh, doesn't she, really take her in. She already lived there. Then yeah, she, then, she has then to, her like, husband her. dies, and yeah. she's like, "Well, now I'm stuck with this kid." And she she makes her maid, and I mean that's kind of like what they did with Harry. But the thing that Lady Tremaine does differently that again I don't like is she forces her own daughters into a lifestyle that I mean that they want, depending on what version of Cinderella you watch, they want that, but. She, it's it's what she wants. She's forcing that onto them, like her hopes and dreams that she couldn't get. She couldn't be a princess, and so she just wants castle. her. Yeah, she wants her. Well, and she just wants the wealth. Um, she wants her kids to uh, be wealthy so that they can eventually, you know, she can like reap the benefits of that. Yeah, um, and she's not really interested in taking care of her husband's kid. Yeah, and if you've ever read the Grimm's fairy tales. Um, for those who don't know, those are the fairy tales that Disney's princesses are based off of. But they're... They're very dark. Yeah, I was like, that's, they basically talk about, like, whenever they're trying on the shoes, um, obviously it's a very small shoe, so they bind their feet, they cut off their toes, they do whatever they, they can... They cut off their heels. To make like, their yeah. foot fit, and... She, like, and that's the mom. Like, if, you, if you've seen Into the Woods, whether it be the movie version or the play version... Because like, it's also based on um, Cinderella. It's yeah. It um. There's part of it that's based on Cinderella. She and it or like the whole thing is based on the Grimm's fairy tales. Rapunzel's part, Cinderella's part, all of it. It has that dark twist to it, and they do that in Into the Woods. They they're singing about cutting off their toes, cutting off their heels, and she the mom does it to her daughters. She cuts them off and that's like awful. I just I look at Ginny and I'm just like. I I wouldn't do that. Like like no, I I would hope she wouldn't do that on her own, but I I wouldn't cut off my own child's feet essentially just so her this is she can sit fit into a slipper right to for like 5 minutes to marry a prince. Right. Um so I just think that's terrible and I mean the whole making Cinderella a maid part. She she has no um redemption arc. No, uh, like definitely put, not. Petunia and Vernon, they they do things that like it doesn't make them any better people, but they do like they give Harry Dudley's second bedroom. Lady Tremaine, Lady Tremaine doesn't do anything. Yeah, she she's just terrible. Um, the last one I have, it's more of a funny one. I was trying to think of something that wasn't from Harry Potter and wasn't from something that I don't know something that like everyone's into. Or whatever, and it's uh, Timmy Turner's mom from Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, well, uh, she's kind of uh, not very much paying attention to her kid. Yeah, and I mean, we could also argue like all the parents from Charlie Brown, just because like they're I feel like they don't really do anything. They're like never in the picture. But Timmy Turner's mom, she's one, I mean, both the, the mom and the dad from that. But she just they hire a terrible babysitter to start off with. Oh, right? Like, mommy, dad, and Vicky always giving him commands. Bad twerp. Sorry. <laughs> like, that's, I'm just like, you picked the worst babysitter. And well, she's nice and sweet to them, so they don't. <laughs> I know, but I just, I feel like, I mean, that's part of the show, um, is that without Vicky and stuff, he wouldn't have the, the fairy godparents. Right. But, 
I just, there's so many times in the show whenever, like, the song Icky Vicky and, like, just all this stuff. And, like, they even catch Vicky doing stuff at one point. And then somehow, I don't remember what happens. It's been so long since I've seen this show. But they, they still hire her back afterwards. And it's just... I I don't want to be oblivious like that. Right. I don't, I don't want to neglect my child and be like, oh yeah, you're so happy, and she's like crying in her bedroom. <laughs> like I, I don't want to be like that at all. I, I don't think I I don't think I'm that type of person in general to just ignore my child. Right. Um. But I just thought that one was a funny one, and I feel like most people grew up watching The Fairly Odd Parents. And could relate to that right. a little bit. Yeah, I think that was a good one to end on. Yeah, it's it, it kind of made me laugh thinking about it because I was trying to think of like what cartoons or what TV shows do I watch that have bad moms in it or have moms in it in general. And that one just kind of popped into my head and I was like, yeah, that's terrible parents. Yeah, for sure. Well, those are our moms that we had to talk about today. Um, I guess we could get into some oh shits and oh yeahs real quick before we wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, uh, go first. Well, I'd say my oh shit right now is, and I mentioned this a little bit ago, but yeah, Claire's cutting two teeth, so I can feel the top two coming in now. She's also grinding them, um, Mm. which is making me very nervous, so I may be scheduling that dentist appointment a little sooner than I anticipated, because I don't, I, I don't want to... Um, put that off if that's becoming a thing. Yeah. My oh yeah for the week is that it's almost over. Um, I have one wedding that I have to work on Wednesday and or Wednesday, <laughs> Saturday. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have tomorrow off. Uh, what about you? My own shit, I would say, is probably that I think Jenny's going through her six-month sleep regression, um, and just like her four-month one, it's more so affecting her naps. I just find that it's harder to put her down. Like she's, she's generally not a light sleeper when it comes to napping. Usually, usually the dogs don't bother her. TV, mm-hmm. us talking. Um, I mean, like I breastfeed her and I talk the whole time. Anyway, but she's, it's starting to get harder to put her down for a nap because she'll start and then she'll just get distracted. Like she'll hear us talking or she'll hear something on the TV. Like she, her favorite uh, thing is the Big Bang Theory theme song, the intro song. Like anytime that's on, like she, she turns and looks at it. Yeah, I found it. If I, um, I can't even put Claire to bed out here anymore because it's too distracting. Like I have to take her in her room where it's quiet um, and no distractions, and really, honestly, sometimes I just have to let her lay in her crib. Yeah. Um, sometimes she just is up for a minute, and then she conks out, but me being around, I've found, can be too distracting sometimes. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of going through that, and, and I mean, it's not an every time thing, like, sometimes she will take a nap, like, right now, she's kind of napping in my arms, and she's fine, but, like, yesterday, we wanted to go to dinner and I knew she needed to take a nap because she was getting tired and I could not get her to take a nap. So I was like, okay, fine. We're just going to go and she's going to fall asleep in the car. 
But I had gotten some stuff that I wanted to try at a restaurant because we've started putting her in the booster seats and stuff at restaurants rather than her staying in her car seat. And so I wanted to try those out, but she she slept the whole time at dinner, which was nice. But I just, I couldn't get her to go to sleep beforehand. Mm-hmm. She fell asleep in the car. I understand. But my oh yeah, I would say is that... She is getting so close to crawling. Yeah. Like, she's right there. She uh, She's getting up on her hands and knees. She hasn't quite gotten her head up yet. Um, but she she can kind of inchworm a little bit. Like, she, she can move. She's not fully crawling, but she, she can, like, move forwards or backwards a little bit. Um, so, I'm just kind of, like, waiting for her to start moving well look out (laughs) i know i just i also a part of me really wants her to start crawling just because i know her and claire will have so much more fun like they'll have so much more fun once they're actually able to move together yeah i think once they're on the same stage they'll be able to move together it's kind of funny because like claire's gonna take her first steps like i mean she's trying to already but it's gonna happen anytime now so like as soon as she starts crawling she's gonna start walking but one day they'll be on the same level yeah and I mean even with Claire walking I just I feel like in the playpen like once Jenny and Claire can both at least like go somewhere together they'll whether be- walking or crawling like I I just think they'll have so much more fun right and like even I remember the first time that Claire saw Jenny sitting up and she was like Oh, yay! Oh, this is cool yeah like you can do this now too right and just watching the two of them grow up together and then like them figure things out it's amazing it is it's nice to watch them become little best friends i know and just like just little people in general like Mm -hmm. like uh you and i were sitting here and jenny was in the jumper and she was playing with one of the toys and i was just like i love watching her figure out how to do something yeah like figuring out how the toy works and her face like she scrunches it up like Ooh, wow. like, how, how does this work? Right. It's, it's amazing. It is. But that is the podcast today. We really hope that you enjoyed it. We hope y'all were able to have a laugh, relate to some of this stuff. Uh, let us know what fictional moms you feel like you can relate to and which ones you don't. Um, if there's any that we didn't include on our list, let us know. You can find us online on Instagram at learningonthejobmoms or send us emails to learningonthejobmoms at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so reach out. Yeah, let us know what topics you want on another podcast and we'll be happy to do it. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.